This podcast is a part of the Benview Network. You can find this and other podcasts like it at BenviewNetwork.com. This podcast often contains controversial or mature topics. You have been warned. Welcome back to Ray Gun Readers, episode 2012. 2112. Earth had a good rock band named Rush. Paprika, which is your favorite of the intergalactic rock bands? I like the band Olma Grindrock. Olma Grindrock? Yeah. They, I, don't... Um, I, I don't know if there's really a good translation for a rock band in space, but this is a plan, band that plays rocks. So <laughs> that's the closest I could come and think of. Their, their music's really good. On the um, desert planets surrounding Tarsan Galaxy, uh, the rocks are known for having very... The, the, there's a lot of hollow rocks there, a lot of geodes. And they're very brittle, so they go there and they break rocks and record it. <laughs> they rub them together and, they, and then they sing over it. I find it very soothing. What about you, Abysme? Well, I'm glad you said that band that you said, whose name I totally remember. Ulma Grindrock. Yes. Uh, I'm afraid I haven't heard of them, but they do sound very interesting. My favorite rock band, not from Earth, of course, probably has to be... Oh, yeah, I heard of them. I remember that. Everything yeah. after their sophomore album's kind of meh, but, uh, I mean, those first two are just groundbreaking. Yeah, and their vocals are very interesting. Very interesting species. I mean, no, Lots one, of... yeah, no one else does it like them. Uh, I've yet the to see it replicated. Is, it kind of sucks because our ears can't pick up the entirety of the song. Well, your ears can't. Oh, oh, okay, sorry. I forgot that your species is just better than mine. I what mean, are they called again? Y- your word's not mine. What are you called again? I, I will not reveal my species name like that until we're on a much more uh, intimate, personal basis. I'll only tell that to people very close to me. Right. This is a strictly platonic relationship. Absolutely. For no other reason are we in the same proximity. Well, if that's enough uh, carousing about our <laughs> musical <laughs> tastes. That's enough, uh, <laughs> that's enough conversational banter for one, <laughs> for one afternoon on our rock ridge. Awkward. Speaking of which, we should go play some music later. That's a good idea. We'll break rocks and we'll try to cover and that one we'll song. And then we'll break new ground. <laughs> and we'll somehow interrupt the endless trash. Well, uh, we will uh, we'll go down. We, we po- maybe we have to go check the resonance of these rocks. Maybe it's interesting. Maybe. Maybe we can make a sick rock drum kit. That'd be pretty cool. Welcome back, everybody. We are on our third episode of Classic Sci-Fi. We've got a short one today. This is called The Posture of Prophecy by Chelsea Quinn Yarbrough. And, and it looks, is... and it has an interesting monster that looks like a, a Shoggoth. It does framing look like a Shoggoth. The title, that might right, be why Framing I chose the it. title. Uh, this is from The Worlds of If, uh, which 1969 issue for September. Written by a Chelsea Quinn Yarbrough. I already said that, but okay. Oh, no. Okay, well, then take that. <laughs> no, it's clear you don't listen to me. The, the tagline cool. tag for this story is, every birth helps to define the things, the shape of things to come. Hmm, so we've got an alien on the front and something about birth. 
So I'm guessing someone's been impregnated. Someone's gregnant with an alien, maybe? Gregnant? Gregnant. I see someone's not uh, up on the earth memes. What? What is gregnant? <laughs> That's a very good question. No one quite knows. <laughs> what? <laughs> I'm sorry, I've spent too much of my life under, or, or of my current uh, life on a rock ridge you, under a rock. Even spending it under a rock listening to rock music. <laughs> <laughs> and by rock music, we mean natural sounds of the planet. Of course, you know, very organic, very back to roots, not this digital nonsense we get these days. Very analog. All right, the posture of prophecy. Oh, negative, 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 Kwai985, Jaffa, Jaffa, <laughs> Jaffa, seriously? You, you, you know, you have no uh, idea what the sentence says is about, and the inflection in which you read that was just so confident. Yeah. Uh, okay, Jaffa296 extruded the quarter-inch pseudopod of admonition along the frozen ground. Why is it quite impossible? How could there be life there? How could it survive? Qui Qui985 drew himself from his flat security to an indignant six inches. They may have evolved differently. They could be a different life form altogether. Well, stop reading. Stop it. I'm... There are a lot of words. So there's two people with the names Qui or Qui... Oh, one of them's Let's Qu- go with Kwai. Yeah, one's Kwai985. And the other one's Jaffa296. Jaffa. 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 And they're, they're, they're on some frozen planet. That's what we know so far. And they're talking about life. Quarter-inch pseudopod of am- admonition. Admonition. Admonition is capitalized. So that's, that's a title or something. That's some oh, designation. Maybe it's where they are? I don't, I don't know. Admonition. Along uh, the pseudopod of admonition. Along the frozen ground. In the posture of amused tolerance. Oh, oh, so basically, <laughs> this is like, it, it's saying, you know, it, oh. th- this is how it's communicating. Oh, oh, so when it says admonition? Yeah, it's admonishing. Using the tone of a, a, admonishment, that's a tough word. Pseudopod of admonition. So, uh, they it looks like they, they have positions to express emotions. Yeah, And exactly. they're describing them almost like yoga. <laughs> Kind of. But, all right, let's continue. <laughs> In the posture of amused tolerance, how many life forms can there be? It has been proven sufficiently that our present form and mass are the optimum in adaptability and convenience as well as efficiency. We can alter our shape at will, adapting to all conditions. This is very true. No, I'm joking. Okay. Even in the best of all possible forms, Jva 296 hurried on as he noticed Kwai-985 taking on the crenellations of the adversary form. <laughs> <laughs> How could we expect to live under the conditions of Thwith? The sky burns daily and twice as long. Being so close to the primary, there are sharp differences from light to full shadow. Okay, so primary has to be sun or star, and I don't know what the conditions of Thwith are. So Thwith is the planet they're referencing, one oh, that's it? really hot. Okay. Being so close to the primary, I'm guessing the primary star. Yeah, that yeah. Um the constant change from true brightness to the dark contrast would be dizzying. And 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 affirmative, maddening. 
And as if the heat of the day were not enough, if some poor life form got caught in the shadow, which is twice as long as ours, the drop of temperature would probably kill him on the spot. Perhaps they migrate to keep in the light. After all, the planet is smaller than Zamlit. 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 That does not signify. The mass is different. All right, but certainly they have evolved in another form. Kawhi985, please negate that posture of challenge. <laughs> I don't like your tone. <laughs> Step off. <laughs> your body language is very threatening right now. <laughs> what other form could possibly survive? They would have to be formless such as we. They would require three sexes, and we have the advantage of a planet that revolves at a civilized pace so that we are never long without light, and we are at a respectable distance from the primary. In our studies, there has been some debate about bodies with some type of framework. Framework? Incredulity. I I think they mean they take the position of incredulity. Yeah. To pre-771 has suggested the possibility. Ah, a twist of recognition. I think they're just doing shorthand now for the um, for the postures. To pre seven seven one is the only colleague who is doing creative and important thinking today. <laughs> Ouch! <laughs> Whoa! All the others are lost in a tangle of academics. At this, Jaffa two nine six distributed a second pseudopod and pulled himself to the full extent of righteous indignation. And how could such a a monster move, how would he keep his body from being crushed? Negative. That is the most ri- ridiculous part of the life on Thwith nonsense. Then how do you explain the signals that have been picked up here? There must be many strange effects from radiation so close to the primary. I think we can safely dismiss those as random atmospheric conditions. But there was a pattern and repetition to them. There is pattern. There is pattern in your mass fluctuation. There is repetition in the paths of our moon. Moons, there is there is regularity in our orbit. It's just that Quai 985 began to slide into confusion. I it's wonder so- what that looks like. It sounded so reasonable the way Tapri 771 explained it. Naturally, Jaffa 296 went on, gathering himself into maximum paternal. <laughs> Tapri 771 is a genius, but even genius can err. I commend his gift. I applaud his creative thinking. However, I leave it to those of us who have been instructed in the ways of logic to evaluate the worth of his work. I've got to use maximum paternal somewhere. (laughs) (laughs) It's fantastic. How? Jaffa 296 assumed a pose of confidence. We are better prepared. Ours is not the privilege of genius, but the responsibility of knowledge. And you are convinced it is not possible? How can it be? Let us assume the pragmatic approach. The planet Thwith is only three from the primary, far too... Okay, they're describing Earth. That, yeah, that's what it sounds like. Yeah, I think they're yeah, describing Yeah, yeah. No, I was, when, I was thinking that maybe they're just talking about humans. I, I didn't want to, like, jump to that, but that's kind of yeah. the final nail of, yeah, they must mm-hmm. be talking about Earth. Three from the primary star. All right. Uh, far too close for survival. The atmosphere is a poisonous mass of nitrogen and oxygen with several other trace gases. Well, the other thing he said on the frozen ground, so maybe they're somewhere north? Uh, they're probably in one of the poles, yeah. Probably uh, okay. in Antarctica. Okay, they're, okay. It has vast seas of liquid ice formed at an, of an oxygen-hydrogen compound, and ambient vapors of this are always evident. Liquid ice, so they live in a colder environment. Or a warmer? No, wait, it's gotta be. 
Any okay. natives would either boil or drown. Kui985 was reluctant to concede the point. Must they? Then consider the satellite. They've just got the one. Yeah. And the and that is so large that it must pull the sea around so violently that there are daily floods everywhere. Kui985 <laughs> acquiesced. Oh, so that's why they don't see anyone is because they're on the north or south pole. Right. Okay. Okay. Or take the radiation. I shudder at the moment any poor inhabitant of Thwith would have to contend with. Why, under such bombardment, there might be a dozen different species on the planet, assuming for the moment that life could exist at all. Think of the confusion that would cause. Imagine the problem of ecology. If you find such, if you find just one other life form difficult to postulate, then what do you propose for the variety that would necessarily be part of the po- that postulate? Why is he assuming there's a variety? I don't know. Because there's lots of energy, maybe? I'll admit I hadn't considered that. There could be as many as 20 subspecies. Nature is an orderly process, as it is as is demonstrated time and time again. There is reason for all things. How could you find reason in the chaos that 20 different, different, uh, oh, Queen 985 species would cause? Jafad 296 propelled himself for forward and emphasis. Negative reaction. I am without defense. <laughs> and Queen 985... Uh, flowed into defeat. There, there. You have been given the chance to understand and have done beautifully. But such an idea, when you look at it in the cool light of reason, defies that reason. It is disciplined minds such as mine and yours that will turn genius such as Dupree-771s into the solid fact our science demands. So it's funny because he's using like, uh, what is it? The, the, the Murphy's Law? Where the the simplest explanation is usually the right one. I thought Murphy's Law was that anything that can go wrong will. Oh, yeah. Then whatever one that one is. Uh, Occam's Razor? The Occam's Razor. Yeah, I think you're right. Well, well Occam's Razor is the simplest explanation. Uh, like, it's used to cut out um, errata from arguments. Right. And th- he's arguing here. That um, having life on this particular planet would be way too complicated. How could it ever happen? Which, so he's using Occam's razor. This is kind of hard for me to suspend my disbelief on simply because they're weird, formless, non-carbon-based organisms. They traveled and only landed on the North Pole. Yeah, well, and like it's like, oh, look, a, a, a what we would call a Class M planet. Life can't possibly exist here. Really? Well, that's what they're saying. They're coming from a climate so different. So um, unlike ours that it doesn't conceive the possibility that there is life here. But then it makes me feel like this is the first planet they've discovered other than their own. They must no, have seen other no, 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 inhabitable planets. No, no, no. That's not what planets. they're saying. They're saying that it's without outside of their realm of reason, um, maybe they've encountered other planets that they would consider inhabitable. Hmm. Not, not necessarily um, like ours, just inhabitable according to whatever criteria they define to be inhabitable not ours they're saying that maybe their habitable zone is different than our habitable but they're also saying i i i i I get what the author is going for in that it's challenging the incredulity a lot of people have oh life can't exist in other planets there's nothing out there everything we come across is dead and it's not earth-like at all blah 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 blah. especially because this was written back in the 60s i get that but you're also like you're using these very intelligent advanced organisms who i would feel would be more knowledgeable than 
us. Well, it's just kind of weird to, f- to use that framework for me. Well, it's more than that, right? He said that their smart friend uh, said, you know, it's possible for life to exist here and this is how. And he says... He's very smart, our friend. It's very smart, but he he he's he's overthinking it. That's okay. basically what he's saying. Okay. Um so they're basically So they're having an argument, an internal argument. Um and this guy's saying based on faith, based on uh, a faith in what he believes to be true. Uh I'm 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 walking on a dangerous territory saying it like that. But now, are they actually on um, Earth? He's then? he's proclaiming that there's no possible way that life is on this planet. Now, are they actually on the planet then, or are they just walking yeah, across I think, theirs? Uh, I think they're on the planet. That's I want to reread this for where what their conditions are possibly like. Yeah, because it's oh. Oh, okay. No, they're not. Yeah, so they're on their planet no, or some uh, other. In the beginning of the story, I assumed that extruded a, the quarter-inch pseudopod meant some sort of instrument. He's they're talking somewhere yeah, else. Yeah, that's how they're. That's just how they act. And how okay, they so themselves. so whatever data they're getting about Earth, they um, they're they're internalizing. They aren't actually going out and measuring anything. Yeah, they aren't at a pole. Yeah, no, I think they're like two scientists who came just came back oh, from a conference. A long, oh, listen, the the first freaking sentence. Uh, Jaffa two nine six extruded the quarter inch pseudopod of admonition along the frozen ground. So it's not on Earth; it's on their planet, and their planet is mostly frozen. Holy shit! I just said that. <laughs> you just said that. Yes. I'm basically, it sounds like they're two scientists who just came back from a conference or a symposium, and they're saying, you know what? I think that one of them saying, I think that whole lecture is bunk. I, I think he's overthinking it. And the other one's saying, no, it could totally be possible. No, but I'm also saying on top of that, that their plant, their their environment is much colder. Yeah. Just said that. Oh, fuck you. God damn it. Anyway. Okay. So now that we've, I'm, I'm sure other listeners have already like pieced that together, but we just didn't realize it. I don't know. This is kind of thick. Okay. And all our listeners are stupid. All of them are just dumb. Wow, uh, you know I have that on record now. I can use against you indefinitely. In a, in the court of this Rockridge? So, uh, you know, if anyone has uh, favorites, could probably go for Abysme at this point. Yeah, are you really going to support? Paprika hates our audience. Are you really going to support uh, our alien overlords who think they're better than us? Just, you well, know. Apparently so. I am, because I don't hate our underlings. I mean, friends. <laughs> Anyways. Anyway. Back to the story. And me interrupting Abysme. Should I denounce him, do you think? Negative. Of course not. Why, if it weren't for him, you would never have given a moment's thought to the possibility of extra Zamalit life. True enough, said Queen 985, looking a trifle recovered. You see, you have learned from this experience. There's no point in behaving like... Three twenty and his lot. They have been <laughs> insisting that Tapri seven seven one be banned from teaching because he has caused so much upset among the young. Oh uh, this gosh. is this is a lot of social commentary in this right now. Well, Queen nine eight five allowed there uh, allowed. There has been a little trouble. But that unrest has turned many of you to deeper study than my generation has ever attempted. In the posture of embarrassed acceptance of praise. Wow, that's a complicated posture. Mm-hmm. Think of how complicated this, this monster is moving. You know what? This is reminding me of Arrival a little bit. Because how the aliens are telling entire sentences and statements and everything in just a simple circle in like one sentence. 
Like it's just it's not exactly the same, but it how, feels familiar. How does that feel familiar? Uh, I don't wh- understand. Where so they express everything in uh, body language, like they're giving their entire tone and demeanor in just body language. Well, we do that too. Uh, but not as not as succinctly as they do. <clears throat> you could put your hands on your hips, and that might be stern. That might be adventurous. That might be confident. That might be angry. But we don't know until you talk, and not only when you talk, no. but the tone you adopt. Mm-hmm. We can tell a lot of things with body language. You can tell I, a lot. You can you tell can't... when I'm angry at you when you look at me. No, no, no. You can tell a lot from our body language, but you can't tell as much as from their body language. Their body language pretty much tells the entire story. That's what I'm saying. I don't know about that. You can say that. I, I think that might also be what the author is going for, but I don't get that impression overall. Okay. Freak. <laughs> <laughs> it's paprika. It's paprika. <laughs> <laughs> uh, in the posture of embarrassed acceptance of praise, Queen 985 ex- asks cautiously, do you think Pugva the... 320 will succeed. It's PGFD, by the way. I don't see how you say that without sounding Pig silly. Pigfuckered down. <laughs> I, sorry, I didn't say that. Continue. I doubt it. Jaffa 296 assumed contemplation and wisdom. As long as I am in charge of teaching the young on this planet, nothing can go wrong. Wow, that's overly confident. Kui985 adjusted his ocular stocks and gazed rapturously at the horizon. Even from an aesthetic point of view, how could they live without the beauty of our rings? Think how dull their sky must be with just one moon. Even if anything could live there. Would... Uh, it is kind of dull if you think about it. Even if anything could live there, it would have to be a dull, soulless thing. Obviously nothing there could have our have intelligence or art. Whoa, whoa. Oh, Them's oh, fighting words. Uh-huh. I'm taking the posture of aggressive action. These uh, these motherfuckers have never heard Devin Townsend. So, oh, or uh, Rush, apparently. Or, or Rush, or any of the other great American rock, uh, Canadian rock bands. Now you're thinking. You are intelligently considering things that to pre-771 has overlooked in his enthusiasm. Yet you must admit that his speculations are interesting. Jaffa, 296, jerked happily into indulgent humor. Continuing, continuing. They're obviously fascinating, but such ideas belong to that cult of Zamli, who espoused the idea of interplanetary travel. Heretics! Who would ever want to travel between planets, right? I confess, Queen 985 admitted cautiously, that I have read some of their scrivings. Not recently, he amended hastily. Not recently. They don't color my opinion right now. A a while ago, (laughs) when everyone was reading them. Back in school when I had to. (laughs) Uh, It was comparative literature class at the book burning. (laughs) Right before the book. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, well, we all did in our youth, I suppose. Even I did. We all read uh, the Communist Manifesto in our We youth. all read Mein Kampf once, I mean. <laughs> I mean, I haven't. You hear that, everybody? She even read Mein Kampf. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. <laughs> so, uh, abyss me for favorite of the podcast. <laughs> Paprika the- is space Hitler and oh hates all God, of Oh, my God, let me read. <laughs> I'm a space Hitler now? Oh, you hate all of our, oh uh, our audience, so, yeah, space Hitler. 
hopefully the rocks on this planet are, aren't people, because then they <laughs> might think I'm Space Hitler. <laughs> ah, well, we all did in our youth, I suppose. Even I did. The scrivings were not nearly so sophisticated then, but still, in all, delightful entertainment for the immature minds. <laughs> Wait, who wrote the scrivings? Was was it Jamli or was it? It was Jamli, I think, is their people. Um, no, I don't think. I think it's a group of their people. Maybe it's a political group. I don't know. I think Jamli is their people. The possibility of extra Jamlet life. I think Jamli is their people. Okay. And I'm guessing people like. To, to whatever. Um, I don't know if it was him, but it was... He's the, That's the guy that wants to burn to pre-771. Wants to burn him at the stake oh, for being right. a witch. Okay, okay, so it's people like to pre. I don't know if to pre wrote them, but people like to pre. Mm, no, they liked Pugavada. What? They liked Pugavada. So why would Pugavada, who wants to burn to pre, be the one who wrote the stuff that to pre is espousing? Oh, wait. These names are bullshit. <laughs> Very confusing. <laughs> anyway, keep reading. I, but I'm confused now. Oh, Tapri wrote a bunch of stuff that's very interesting. Mm -hmm. And they're all agreeing to having read it once back when they were children. We all listen to Blink-182 at some point. Even though I still do. Jaffa296 adjusted his body to allow the forming of a small dent of nostalgia. Aww. I want to make a small dent of nostalgia. Kui985 adjusted himself to acknowledgement. They probably prompted me to consider a scientific career. They certainly increased my curiosity. Hmm. Uh, oh. Um? The older Jaffa296 rumbled. For that matter, those foolish scrivings got me started. But I'm beginning to realize how impossible it all is. That, my dear Kui985, is the trouble with growing up. They rubbed nostalgia dents and hummed in the compa companionship that a commonly misspent youth imparts. It is perhaps fortunate that the at the time of Jaffa 296 logical triumph, Earth launched its first manned Saturn probe, which would make Jaffa 296 eat his words, <laughs> even if he had to form teeth to do it. <laughs> <laughs> the day was a glorious one for Earth. The 30-month probe was the first joint United States-Soviet Union project. The ship was crewed Aww. by one person from each of the two participating countries. As they passed beyond Mars, the captain, a 33-year-old Marine test pilot from Boulder, Colorado, turned to his navigator crew. A stunning brunette from Kazan with the command of English, only slightly less dazzling. Ugh, that are Fucking damn it. Why can't a woman just be an astronaut? I know, I know. <laughs> she she doesn't she's prettier than she speaks English. <laughs> That's what this sentence says. <laughs> I don't care. Anyways, continue abysme. Uh, can we assume that the marine is ugly and has a poor <laughs> grasp of English? Well then, what's 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 worth knowing about him at all? Uh, he's a good pilot. I don't know, but yeah, no, I'm I'm right there with you. I'm I'm really sick of like, here's astronaut and qualifications. Here's woman, also happens to be astronaut, has no, fabulous no. hair. To be fair, I premised reading the old classic sci-fi with. There's gonna be a whole horrible. There's a whole bunch of shit in it. Yeah, yeah. So I can't say anything. Well, and keep in mind, it's this just is, a twitch at this point. Well, this is written by a woman. Yeah. Yeah. This is written by, I wonder, you know what, um, quick, quick tangent, I wonder if like the editor made her put that in there or if that was her own choice. No, yeah, it was her own choice. That was, that's, 
she wrote it because that's what she thought would sell. Um, no, that's what that's her that's her fantasy. This is this lady's fantasy. Maybe we have no idea. Interesting thought experiment. You're what he asked. I'm pregnant. Oh, for fuck's sake! <laughs> let him pregnant. Chelsea, I gave you the benefit of the doubt. Dude, are you sure? She nodded triumphantly. Triumphantly, on a mission to beyond fucking to fucking Saturn. Thirty oh. month probe. She's excited about being pregnant. Yeah, I hope there's a doctor on board. There's probably okay. There probably is. There isn't. It's manned by two people. Wait, really? Crewed by one person from each of the two participating countries. Oh my god! So much for Ugh. those fusty old men back on Earth who said it couldn't be done. We've been in space for three months and I'm going to have a baby. They probably said it couldn't be done for a reason. No, we said shouldn't be done, you idiots. Don't have a fucking baby in space. <laughs> oh, man. There's no my... doctor. There's not enough supplies. Oh, oh, And you can't send a man and woman in space together without them fucking. Yeah, you just no. can't do it. Ugh. Damn it, Chelsea. <laughs> And and not the cool Chelsea I know who's an artist. Oh, God. Jesus Christ. Author of this okay. story. Quite a bit later, extracting themselves from a complicated free-fall embrace. Ugh. I think they're describing sex. <laughs> he asked her what. According to her feminine intuition, she thought the baby was going to be. Oh, I don't care, she said, turning lazily in his arms, so long as it's healthy. Okay. As far as it went... She was to get her wish, but it what? But it was perhaps an unlucky, accurate word. Just two months out from Earth, when it was little more, was little more than a few dividing cells, a random sub, sub microscopic particle was blundering through the mother's body and had subtly altered the order of its incipient skeletal structure. Oh my God! It's going to become a xenomorph. Fortunately, the radiation bombarding the ship's fragile hull had played havoc with her blood, or she would never have been able to nurse it. Even Queen 95 would have been outraged when, with the proud father's comment a few months later as he admired his wife's swollen abdomen. What does that mean? What does that paragraph uh, let's mean? Just, let's finish this out. There's no life on Saturn now, but we're sure as hell going to start some. His tone would have been considerably more apprehensive if he could have foreseen the quasi-tentacle 20-pound mass of amorphous flesh he was about to cut from her dying body as they crossed Jupiter's orbit. Oh, boy. For Jaffa 296 was correct about Thwithian life in one particular. Um, in one particular. Unprotected from radiation by Earth's atmosphere, unhampered by gravity, the child, or whatever it was in her womb, lived. And grew. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, that was a rush of emotions. I'm sorry about this rough reading, you guys. This is a rough story to try and... One of the reasons why I chose a short one, because these ones are always sometimes, longer to read. Sometimes these sci-fi stories, you just need to sit and read a couple times, and we yeah. don't have that luxury. Yeah. Um. Well, I suppose we... Whatever, never mind. Okay, well... Overall impressions, I like the story, except for the end. Not the end-end, but right before the end. It's it's uh like did they have to be just two people on a ship that had to well, fuck couldn't it be a colony ship couldn't it have been anything 
what what about okay so i get the whole like aliens talking about earth in in a in a comparison where we might talk about saturn being uninhabitable sure but um what does the baby add to the story really now that i have no idea like why is it what was the author trying to say with that is it a warning is it a morality play is it just amusing it's probably just amusing. Uh, yeah, I don't see. I don't see it. But I thought. I thought the amusing. moral of the story was like you know, oh, it's if you know, there's people who think life on other planets is ridiculous, and that is in and of itself ridiculous. But then they threw in this whole thing about, and then the baby mutated into a Cthulhu thing, yeah. and what? Why? And um. I just don't understand why. Well, I, in this part where um, the, uh, even Queen 985 would have been outraged with the proud father's comment a few months later as he admired his wife's swollen abdomen. I think that's saying that Queen is more open-minded and clearly the father's going to go, oh my God, what the fuck is that? It's hideous and horrible. And he says, you know, humans being closed-minded. I think that's what that means. But... That would be very understandable. Like, if Kui gave birth to a human, they'd probably be like, what the hell? So, yeah, this the end of the story kind of, not really shit the bed, just got me really confused. I don't understand what Chelsea is going for here. Whew. And so, the radiation caused him to have a baby that's more like the aliens on Saturn? There's some sub-microscopic particle and radiation mutated for the mother and the child. Right, but why why did it mutate in a way similar to the Saturn aliens? That's my question. Is the author postulating that radiation is special to Saturn and that's what influenced life? I I don't know. Possibly so. If Saturn people came to Earth and had a baby, it would be an Earth baby? We will never know. Unless uh, Chelsea talked with us tomorrow, we will never know. <laughs> I have no idea. Like, I'm trying to come up with more analysis for this story. Oh, the fact that it is enjoyable. I liked the parallels drawn. I liked how the aliens were described and how they do things with uh, postures. I thought that was very cool. This ending, dude, just threw me for a loop, though. Like, I don't know what to make of it. Uh, yeah. You got anything else to say on this? There's assumption. Okay, so what's interesting here is um, they sent a man, the first manned probe to Saturn. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the people on the probe apparently are going to stay on Saturn because they're gonna, they're sure as hell gonna start some life there. Yeah, that's that makes that's that's weird. Why would you? Why? Why would you only send two people? Why would you only send two people to do that? And I guess maybe that was the point of sending a man and a woman. But was it? Because if they, because they're saying, oh, because they, they didn't think send... it could be done. Well, then why would they bother trying? Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're right. So this sounds like a recon mission, but again, you would just do a probe why for that. Why would you? That, that's, there's a couple statements here that just don't make sense to me. And those those two paragraphs near the end are, are kind of it, it really out. It really feels like we had a totally different author in this story. In this little second, like, like second um, section. Subsection, yeah. Um, it feels and, like the editor stepped in and wrote their own ending, which I know is a thing they used to do a lot of. Really? Yeah. Really? 
Really? Like they would sh- they um for a lot of up and coming authors, they would have them sign away their rights to edit the story heavily. So that's why I said it. And then they would it. just change the ending? Well, that's why I said it, but I was kind of half joking. But now that we're talking about it, yeah, it, it sounds like they made this a huge cliffhanger, oh my God, aliens in space thing. Whereas before it was just this interesting, you know, social commentary sci-fi story. Uh-huh. It does seem to be written in a completely different fashion. At first I dismissed this because it seemed like it was Earth's human's perspective. But yeah. now it, it seems to switch between Earth and Saturn, and it, it it's not it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. No, it's a complete tonal shift. And uh, yeah. if that's it, true, Chelsea, I am sorry they did that to your story because yeah. it's bullshit. Well, like in the beginning, it, they they're describing one moment, right? They're they're describing a, a part of a larger story that is, you know, their discussion, their political discussion of life on Earth, and then they move to another story that has to explain everything and d- in doing so just causes us to ask more questions yeah and yeah it just brought down the quality of everything it's really unfortunate mm. i don't know everyone leave your thoughts in the comments do you think yeah, this, this is, was an editor stepping this is an in confusing one Tell, uh, tell them where to access the story if they want to read it themselves. Uh, it's on the internetarchive.org. I post links to all the stories okay. in the uh, video description so you can read it there. Uh, please, it's very short. The other thing is if they were going to go so far as to send a probe to Saturn, I'd be more interested in in the people on the probe meeting the people on Saturn than them fucking and having a baby together that's a, a monster. Yeah. It really does feel like... Just just an aside. It just feels like the story changed entirely in that last section. It's just like, very weird. Like, those two moments would be... Like, the moment of them discussing life on Earth and having the inability to comprehend it, and then a second moment of them actually meeting life on Earth? I would find that very interesting. Well, not to mention, if we took the ending out of this story, it would be perfectly intact. <laughs> It'd be fine. Yeah, you're right. You you we don't need that. It didn't explain anything we didn't already know. Like, and if if they had to put it in, it'd be like, oh, by the way, they're talking about Earth. Like, dude, let people figure that out. Wait, wait for letters to the editor. Let the author say that. Like, why was this put in? I don't get it. Whatever. We're talking in circles. Uh, yeah. Thank you, everybody, for uh, joining us again. I want to. I'm going to go ponder I this. Go, I need to go. Um, I need to go outside and play some music. Yeah, I see a boulder over there that makes for some awesome Ye- fucking riffs. Yeah, right let's now. go check. Let's go check to see. Uh, see how that sounds. Bye. Bye. And all our listeners are stupid. All of them are just dumb. I'm Andrew from Nothing New, a remake podcast, and this is my hetero life mate, Justin. What up, Andrew, and what up, world? Nothing new is a remake podcast, Lamison. Our mission statement is bringing film buffs together to talk cinema. So we pick a remake or reboot that we all watch and discuss it at length. Then we talk about the original. I love movies. Me too, buddy. Check us out on BetterViewNetwork.com or on iTunes. Nothing, Nothing new, new, a remake podcast. <laughs>